say the game is getting old. Monday morning and your coffee's cold. Life is not what you want it to be. You need another chance to be who you want to be. Hello everyone and welcome to A New Direction. My name is Jay Izzo. It's Thursday afternoon and I gotta tell you something. Oh my gosh, do we have a great show. I say it every week, but I am telling you, and I say that every week, I am telling you, this show, the book is entitled Authentic Negotiating. By the way, the title is great, but in my opinion, it's not great enough. This is one of those books. Let me tell you what this book is. This is one of those books that I read this book from cover to cover, like I do every book. And I went, oh, I don't think this is a show. I think Corey wrote this book for me. That's what he did. He wrote this book for me because he's challenging me. He was like going, Jay, you know what? You got to do this. You got to do your CDE thing. I'm I'm just telling you right now. And oh, by the way, you better check in with some CPR. Okay. You know what? We'll get to those acronyms later. I am just telling you right now that this book, Authentic Negotiating, uh, Clarity, Detachment, and Equilibrium, the Three Keys to the Negotiating Success and How to Achieve Them, is freaking awesome okay it is it is a game changer more than that it is a life changer i don't care if you are in business not in business you are going to be faced with negotiating something even if it means negotiating with yourself okay and there is a better way to do that and this book tells you how it is brilliant i love it and we're going to talk to Corey Cupfer because it's just a wow book. But let's do what we do every week, right? What do I do every week? I check in with you in the four areas of your life. You know, I believe that we are four-part people. We are physical people, we are mental people, we're emotional people, and we're spiritual people, right? And those four areas, right? I always say that the four areas are like the legs of a chair, right? If they're if they're coming up and they're even and they're at the right height, the chair is a perfect place to sit, okay? But if they're uneven, it's hard to sit in an uneven chair, and if it's too low, it's really hard to sit too. So let's check in. Scale of 1 to 10, 1 being miserable, 10 being outstanding, 5 being average. How are you physically today, everybody? So what, how does, how does that, how is it, how are you, how are you, you know, physically? Are you not feeling good, right? Are you, right? So what do you got to do? Okay, why? You know, maybe you're saying, you know what, I've been slacking in the gym, you know, okay, well then let's get let's get restarted. Or you go, you know, my eating habits haven't been great. It's Labor Day weekend. I know I'm going to be a sloth and I'm going to eat horribly. <laughs> Maybe that's what you're doing. I, whatever it may be, you know what? What can you do to change it? Right? That's the whole point. The whole point is, okay, whatever you're doing right now, change it. You know, what do you got to do? What's the discipline? What's the, what do you have to negotiate with yourself to say I got to change the way I'm eating, or I've got to change the things that I'm doing. Corey's going to talk about later on, he's going to talk about, you know, why, a little bit, I want to ask him this question, you know, why, you know, do people fail their New Year's resolutions? He actually talks about that in the book, and it's because they don't negotiate well with themselves and what they're doing, and we're going to talk about that as well. So, how are you doing scale of 1 to 10 physically? You got that number? Good. All right, so, scale of 1 to 10, uh, mentally, right? What are you feeding your brain? What are you, what are you engaged in? mentally what are you learning what's your knowledge base what is that what are the things that you're doing to grow both your right brain and your left brain and you go jay it's one brain now see your right brain's a little bit more creative so we need to feed that side as well as the left brain which is our logical side so we need to kind of feed both sides so what are you doing and how's that going with you trying to feed your sides brain? you get a little lazy not reading stuff you're just consuming things maybe mindless tv you're not reading, you're not consuming information. Well, you're consuming this podcast. That's a plus. So give yourself at least a point there for consuming the podcast. But what are you doing 
to enhance your mental uh, capacities in your brain, right? Scale of one to 10, right? One's miserable, 10's outstanding, five's average. How are you doing there, right? My friend Russell Murray from back home in Nebraska said to me he was a 10 because uh, he just was in a mentally good place. And I was like, awesome, you're a 10. You know, it's hard to go up from there, <laughs> but good for you. All right, so you got two numbers, physical, mental, how about emotionally? And when I say emotionally, what I mean? I mean, well, we talk about your emotional quotient, your the ability to control your emotions. Oh, man. Talk about the ability to control your emotions. Whew, sometimes you just got to detach and have a little equilibrium. <laughs> That's just a teaser because Corey's going to talk about that later, by the way. Because I'm going to tell you something. When it comes to authentic negotiating, and he's going to talk about this, and this is really true, it's being able to keep calm in the midst of a storm. And that's one of the most powerful tools that you can have in your arsenal. And so some of this is intentional, but Corey's going to actually help us really deal with our emotions. But how are you dealing with them? Do the little things tick you off? Are you able to control it? Are you able to intentionally say, you know what? I've got this. I don't care what they do to me. I've got this, right? What are you going to do? How are you going to change that, right? To make that happen for you, right? Whatever that number is. One's being miserable, tens, ten. Whatever that number is. What are you going to do to improve yourself emotionally? All right, we have three numbers. Now the last one, spiritual. And you know what? Spiritual comes in, uh, people go, well, what is that? Well, it's what we can't explain. But yet we know that there's something deep within our soul that touches us and that gets us centered, gets us refocused. Some, You know, Corey talked about in the book, he talks about prayer and meditation. And, you know, so it could be God. It, 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 could, be, it could be nature. It, it could be that you just meditate. It could be karma. It could be a number of things that you believe in that brings you back to center, keeps yourself calm, and, and it keeps you at that place where, you know, you can just... You can't explain it, but you know it's real. And that's the spiritual realm, right? And so if it's God, how's that relationship going for you? And if it's nature, how's that going for you? If it's you're just meditating, how's meditation working out for you, right? So those are your four areas on a scale of one to ten, right? And you should have four numbers. And those four numbers are like the legs of a chair, as I always say, right? And if the chair's uneven, it's hard to deal with. And if it's the chair is even, it's great. But if it's too low, uh, that's also hard to deal with too. So the whole idea is bring your numbers up and bring them up together so that you can um, have a really comfortable place and be in the best place possible place that you can be. And remember, the goal here is not, if you're a three, not to get to a 10. You know, the goal is if you're a three, go to a four, right? What do you got to do to get to a four? And if you're an eight, how do you get to an 8.5? You know, that, I mean, that's, that's what, that's the goals here. So don't, don't get too worried about the goals, you know, put yourself, get yourself in the right context. And so that you understand that it's not about getting all the way to the top. It's just about getting to the next level, because if you're going in the right direction and you're moving in a new direction, which is what the show is about, you know what, you're getting there. And that's the point of the show. So I got to introduce you though, to my guest, my guest, his name is Corey Kupfer. He's an expert strategist. He is a deal maker. He is a business consultant with more than 30 years of professional negotiating experience as a successful entrepreneur and attorney. He is the founder and president of Authentic Enterprises and the Authentic Business Academy. Corey is dedicated to inspiring authenticity in business through speaking, training, and consulting on topics such as authentic negotiating, imagine that, authentic deal-making, building authentic business relationships, and authentic, authentic conversations about the difference. Corey holds his JD from New York University Law School. And runs his own Manhattan-based firm, Cupfer and Associates PLLC, where he has applied his passion for negotiating and deal making to advance clients' business interests. He is a passionate advocate and leader in the entrepreneurial space. 
He is a member of the New York chapter of Entrepreneurs Organization since 2008 and a board member from 2010 to 2015. Here's the other thing. He, like myself, is a professional member of the National Speakers Association. And you know how I feel about my colleagues and my members, professional members of NSA, the National Speakers Association. I tell you, everybody who's listening to the show, no matter where you're at, if somebody is a professional member of the National Speakers Association, it's because they're really good. And Corey is better than really good. Corey is great. So if he is a fit for whatever you're doing, right, whether it's your conference or training or whatever it is, you need to get Corey Kupfer to there right away because he's a great speaker. I've heard him. He's absolutely outstanding. And also what he has to say is meaningful and it means something. So ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show Corey Kupfer. Corey, welcome to A New Direction. It's great to be with you, Jay. <laughs> so, uh, by the way, Corey Kupfer uh, and his book, it, Authentic Negotiating, is brought to you by, uh, who else? Inline Business Brokers and Advisors. Uh, they partner with business owners when it's time to sell their business. Internationally known, when it's time to sell your business, contact the professionals at Inline Business Brokers and Advisors. You can learn more by going to inline.com. That's E-N-L-I-G-N.com. And Linda Craft and Team Realtors, no matter where you're at in the world. If you're looking to find the best expert to sell or buy a home, just go to Linda Craft and her team. They can help you. It's Linda Craft and team. Just go to lindacraft.com, L-I-N-D-A-C-R-A-F-T.com. Find out why they're the legends of customer service when it comes to real estate. And no t-shirt shout out today. Instead, it's a hat shout out. And it's to Stetson Hats because I wear my Stetson every week and I need to thank them because Stetson Hats, you make a great hat. I get complimented all the time. Uh, the hat's comfortable. I look good in it, and it's hard to make me look good in the hat. So <laughs> I appreciate Stetson Hats for doing that. Uh, Corey, the book is entitled Authentic Negotiating, and when I read this book, I almost did not put you on the show because I felt like you personally wrote this book to me. Uh, I thought <laughs> I I started reading it, and I went, ouch, oh, ouch, oh, uh, cl- clarity, ouch, detachment, ouch. I'm emotional, Corey, detachment, ouch, equilibrium, Ouch! Of course. And then I went, holy cow, we all fall into the same thing when it comes to negotiating. And the fact of the matter is we are in a constant mode, I believe, in negotiating, negotiating whether it is with, yes, Lisa Rotilli in New Jersey, a 14-year-old, <laughs> or your spouse or significant <laughs> other, or a business deal, or a real estate deal, Linda Craft and Team Realtors. Uh, or whatever it is, we are in constant negotiation, and doing it right is a challenge. True? No question about it. And, and let me add to the fact that, that there is a lot of negotiating information and training out there that only focuses on the tactical level and leads people either astray or doesn't give them the deep inner work that they really need to be successful. So people uh, you know, are uh, challenged already, and then they sometimes get – uh, they had a surface advice on top of that. Yeah, I think one of the things I was, this is what I thought the book was going to be. I thought the book was going to be, oh, Corey is going to give me all sorts of tactics, right? I'm going to have these specific tactics that when I go into negotiation, this is what I got to do. And it wasn't that at all. What it, it It is tactical, but not in this, oh, I'm going to, if you do A, this is going to happen in B. Instead, you gave me, you said to me right out of the chute, first of all, you tell the story of a mentor that you had when you were a young attorney coming up and 
he, I don't, he, he, the deal, it looks like it's about to fall apart. And he says, you know what, let's just table this until the next morning. And he puts his arm around you and says, Hey kid, don't worry. It's going to close tomorrow. And he comes back and it puts you on this path of wanting to discover how did he do that? Uh, do you want to share that story a little bit more and talk about the, your your path of how why this is so important to negotiate authentic negotiating? Yeah, so uh, you know, I call him in the book Mike the Masterful, uh, and um, I, I was in law school actually. I was working my second summer, so you know, when you're uh, when you're fortunate enough to uh, go to good law school, you and you get a job in between your second and third year of law school, uh, a summer job, and then uh, hopefully they make you a, an offer to come in permanently, which is what happened with me. So. I'll, so I'm actually not even a, a lawyer yet. I'm a law student, and uh, I'm working over the summer, and there's this big leverage buyout deal. It's $450 million where, um, you know, they're borrowing a bunch of money to buy this buy this company. And uh, it's late at night, and the negotiations have been going on for a while, and this deal's been around for months and months and months, and the deal's about to die. It's going to break down. In fact, the other attorney um, for one of the parties is literally screaming and banging the table, and the uh, the business guys who are buying the company uh, who will be bankrupt if this deal doesn't go through because they've leveraged their homes and everything they own to just pay the expenses on the deal, you know, are pulling the hair out. And there were not not too subtle jokes uh, during breaks about uh, you know thank God that the windows didn't open in that building on the in Manhattan on you know on the 52nd floor on Madison Avenue so nobody would jump out. And uh, and there was only one guy who was just the calm in the middle of the storm. I mean, I, you know, and that's, that's this, you know, guy I call Mike and, uh, and he's, you know, he's sitting there and everybody else is, uh, is nervous or yelling or, uh, fretting. And, you know, he's just breathing very smoothly and he's taking these pages off of a legal pad and just folding them up very calmly. Like he has nothing better to do. <laughs> and, and I'm, you know, and I'm, uh, you know, of course he's the senior partner in my firm and I'm a law student. So I'm, watching them, you know, I think when you're young, if you're smart, you watch the people who are experienced and you try to figure out, uh, you know, what they're doing. And, um, and, and I'm nervous, right? I, I'm not, I mean, I'm the guy who's making copies and, you know, and stuff <laughs> at that point, you know, I mean, I, and I'm nervous, you know? So, uh, like you said, you know, he says, well, why don't we, why don't we take a break and, and come back in the morning? I thought the deal was dead. In fact, what I've never, you know, it's funny. I've been practicing now law and, and, and you know, and, and, and advising on deals for 35 years, and I haven't seen this since. The the, uh, uh, the the management team was buying the company. Actually, fired their lawyers, the major law firm, uh, in the middle of this negotiation because they were so upset with, with them about not not to get the deal done. Uh, and, uh, you know, Mike called this sort of truce and said, Hey, listen, let's all go to bed. Let's resume in the morning. And I'm thinking the deal's dead. And then you're right. He put his arm around me and he said, you know, don't worry about a kid. This thing is going to close. So not only was he calm, but like, he's, I was like, how does he see the future? I don't understand, you know? <laughs> and sure enough, by the time we got back together, eight o'clock the next morning. And by the way, we, we, we didn't break till about two o'clock at night. Wow. So, you know, somewhere between 2 AM and, and 8 AM, he had, um, uh, you know, reached out to the various parties individually, got everybody back on track. And you know what? The deal ended up closing the next day. And that was a big lesson for me. Yeah, we're talking with Corey Kupfer, and the book is called uh, Authentic Negotiating. It's absolutely, by the way, it's an outstanding book. Uh, I've dog-eared it like crazy. I've got yellow markers on every page, I think. And uh, it's absolutely fantastic. It's available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, your favorite bookstore. It is an Amazon bestseller. 
And uh, so you need to really get your copy of this book. This book is uh, fabulously written. It is, uh, it's 128 pages long, but it is so good and it's so chock full of things that you need to um, really become a better, not just a better negotiator. I'm going to just say this, and I'm going to say this without shame. It's going to make you a better person. I'm just going to, I'm just going to say it right now. This book, Authentic Negotiating, will make you a better person, and I'll tell you why. Chapter two, he starts to get into the nuts and bolts of this authentic negotiating, and it is called CDE, and it is called Clarity, Detachment, and Equilibrium. And uh, this is where I want to start this whole thing is with you is, uh, first of all, how did you come up with clarity, detachment, and equilibrium? And then let's walk people why each piece of that is so important. No, no, it's really interesting, Jay. I'll, I'll, I'll share something that I don't know that I've shared on any interview before, which is that um, it was really uh, like I was operating that way, but I didn't have it clearly defined like that until I was writing the book. And I, and I tried to, you know, I, t- I talked about this concept I actually talk about in the book uh, in terms of um, the master, that story I was just telling, where people's sort of unconscious competence, like some of us, you know, you get really good at something, but it's hard for you to break down how you do it or what the elements of it are. And the process of writing a book and, you know, and also, you know, uh, doing the speaking, whatever, um, and doing trainings gets you actually clearer and clearer when you're trying to train somebody else on how you do something on actually how you do it. Right? So true. So true. Just so having true. it be like natural. Um, so, uh, whereas I applied these elements always for the last 30 years of my negotiating, what, you know, what, what to help me distill it down and put it in this framework to be able to teach other people was actually, uh, talks I was doing and then, and then the process of, of bringing it into the book. Um, and I realized it, this is, this is the distinguishing factor. This is what makes, makes me, not only me, but other like phenomenal masterful negotiators, uh, successful. It's not like you said earlier, that they learn some tactic or some counter tactic. That's not what makes the difference. It, it's these three elements, starting with clarity. Yeah, let's let's talk about clarity because it's clarity, detachment, and equilibrium is the CDE here. So when you say, when Corey Kupfer says, okay, clarity, and you and by the way, you, you bring up clarity no less than... I think 50 times over and over reminding us, you got to have clarity. You got to have clarity. It's that important. So tell us what clarity is and then why is that so important to, to be an authentic negotiator? Yeah, it, it really is the base of everything. Uh, Jay, as, as you, you sort of alluded and, and also as you alluded as, as, you know, people should think about this in negotiating, but clarity in life. Okay. Right, is, right. You know, is also, you know, I mean, it's, it, it's a universal principle, but let's apply it to negotiating, Right. So I can't tell you how many times, you know, and I, I do negotiate the range from small stuff up to really, you know, tens and hundreds of millions, you know, of dollars at stake. And um, I can't tell you how many times, even on multi-million dollar deals, that uh, clients go in or you see the other side go into negotiation without crystal clarity on exactly what they want. Uh, so you want to get clear on why are you even in this negotiation? Let's start there. Right? right. Then second of all, exactly what's acceptable to you and what's not acceptable to you, what's going to work and what's not going to work. If you don't do that, then first of all, you have no base. You have no place to design a negotiating strategy from. You have no way to know when to stop, when to start, what to offer. Right. You have no way to know when to walk away from the negotiation. That's not from a place of upset, anger, ego, your emotions. That comes right. from a place, an objective place of clarity. So without the clarity, you're in trouble. 
Yeah, I, you know, we, you, one of the things that you say about clarity, and I, I need to do this up front, is first of all, you say research, 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 research. Do your homework. Know everything so that you can be as clear as you can, not only about what you want and what you, where, you know, what, what, out, not necessarily, well, yeah, outcomes too, but, but also be very clear about who you're negotiating with. Because yeah. you you've got to have you've got to know everything you can about who the person you're negotiating. And I don't care if this is a 14 year old. You go well. I know my 14 year old. Yeah, but why is your 14 year old not want to go to bed or do her homework? Right. I mean, get clear on that. Why is it? And then what is it that you ultimately want? This is the part that I just thought was genius. Is that so often we just forget what is it that I want? Right. Because it's not. It may not be the money. <laughs> right. If we're in a business deal, it, that may not be the clarity that I'm looking for. I've got to ultimately be very clear on what it is I want. And I thought that was that that was very helpful to me is getting clear, because then once you like, as you alluded to, once I'm clear, now I've got to learn to do this thing that I don't do sometimes very well because I'm a, such a competitor. I am so competitive, Corey, and I hate to lose. I hate it. I hate it. Right. And I detach. I got to de- talk yeah. about detachment, what it is, and what do we got to do? Yeah, this is you know this is really tough for for a lot of people, but it's the single biggest distinct distinction I've seen in master negotiators is that they detach the outcome. What does that mean? That means that if I'm negotiating a deal or anything with, let's say, with Jay, right? Um, I should have a preference. I get my deal done with Jay. I and mean, why am I bothering wasting any time unless I have a preference that we right. do something together? But ultimately, I need to be to test the outcome. I need to be equally okay if we do a deal or not do a deal. Now, if I've gotten 100% clear on my clarity process, and I know exactly what will work for me and what won't, then in my negotiation with Jay, we will either get there or we won't. Right. And if we do, great, we do a deal. If we don't, then we don't do a deal. It's binary. It's very simple, right? We meet my objectives in the deal, and it works for me, or it doesn't. Right. And here's the here's the key thing, and this is where you know the the emotion comes in, or hopefully we take it out, is that if if we can't get there, if I can't get there with Jay, it doesn't mean Jay's a bad guy, or he's right. an idiot, or he's stubborn, or he's stupid, or he doesn't know, or blah, blah, you know any of these things that we get into. All it means is that Jay's objectives in this particular negotiation and my objectives don't meet right now. Right. That's all it means. Right. And it means that we don't do a deal right now, and I might do a deal with Jay later. I may never do a deal with Jay. I may not meant to be, you know, maybe I'm meant to do a deal with someone else. And listen, you know, this is a, it's a cliche, but you got to remember it. There's only one thing worse than not getting a deal done. And that's doing a bad deal. And if you do a deal that doesn't meet your objectives, it's a bad deal. Okay. So this is the part where I loved, there's so much of the book I love. And and I I knew I was going to love you because you're so authentic and so real. And, uh, but so I have this thing that my wife gave me, she gives gave me a Q-tip and she told me, you know what Q-tip stands for? Quit taking it personally. And as soon yeah. as you said detach, I pulled out that Q-tip and I looked at the Q-tip and I went, doggone it. He's got a Q-tip in his hand and he's saying to me, quit taking it personally because the, the deal has nothing to do with me personally. The deal is the deal. It's not, it's not about, you know, it's not about me. It's not about the other person I'm negotiating with. It's not personal. It is just a deal. And I, I think 
getting to that point, while it sounds easy on the surface, it's not always that easy, right? No, no, listen, it, it's, you know, I don't want to make it sound like, oh, I'm going to list three elements and, you know, once you know them, it's, you know, <laughs> you're done, right? right, a, right. You know, I always talk about there's a body of internal work, right? And this is true in life. I mean, Jay, you open your show brilliantly, right, with these four things that you give people to measure, right? And it's not like, it's not like, oh, they say, oh, you know, physically, emotionally, spiritually, you know, right. uh, you know, I, I know those things and now I'm good, right? It's right. a body of work they need to do to get that score up right. from the three to the four or the eight to the eight and a half right. or whatever it is. Uh, you know, what we're really talking about here is a body of emotional, spiritual, intellectual, right. you know, uh, you know, work, maybe, maybe physical out of your four things is the, is the, is the least involved. But I'll tell you, I've been in some marathon negotiations where, <laughs> where physical, even come, you know, the stamina comes into play, yeah, absolutely. One, you know, uh, right. it, it can come into play. Um, but but yeah, I mean, it's really, uh, you know, listen. I don't, you know, the funny part is that, that I, you know, I do negotiating training in the corporate fight, I do speaking, et cetera, and everybody wants to negotiate better. And, you know, that's easy access. Even the word authentic has become, I'll be frank, uh, you know, a corporate buzzword that people right. like, even if they don't particularly know exactly what it means. <laughs> so that all works. But really what we're talking about here is, is, is transformation, right? right? To be right. a great negotiator, isn't, it's not just about learning, doing external research. This is body of internal work you need to do. And to be able to come into a negotiation from a place that doesn't come from your ego, doesn't come from scarcity, right. doesn't come from fear, right? That's the work. That's the work that, that makes that makes the difference. We're talking with Corey Kupfer. He is author of this outstanding book, Authentic Negotiating, by the way, available Amazon everywhere. We're talking with you're talking we're listening to and maybe watching. Uh, a new direction, and uh, by the way, Oak ninety three point five. Thank you for listening. Thursdays at four p.m. Eastern time, and Sundays the replay at ten a.m. Uh, you're listening to uh, and uh, Corey Kupfer talk about his book, Authentic Negotiating, and he's brought to you by Inline Business Brokers and Advisors. They have literally helped thousands of clients in the sale and purchase of businesses. They're internationally known, and when it's time to sell your business, contact the professionals at Inline Business Brokers and Advisors. You can learn more by going to inline.com. That's E-N-L-I-G-N.com. They have been a sponsor of A New Direction since the very, very beginning, and so we're very grateful to them. And also to Linda Craft and team. You know what? No, no, They're available anywhere in the world to help you find the right expert. Uh, to help you sell your home or buy your home. And if you happen to live in the Raleigh, Durham, Chapel Hill, Research Triangle Park area, why not just drop in right there at 7300 Six Forks Road and why not find out why they're called the legends of customer service when it comes to real estate. And you can learn more about Linda Craft and her team by going to lindacraft.com. That's L-I-N-D-A-C-R-A-F-T.com. And we're back with Corey Kupfer and his book, Authentic Negotiating. So, Corey, the third element... In, in this piece of CDE is equilibrium. And this was, I think, your superstar Mike probably demonstrated equilibrium greater. I think that was a great piece to what he distributed. Talk about what equilibrium is. How do we get there? Sure. So equilibrium is that ability to stay calm, be centered, not get thrown off during the negotiation process, right? So, and here's the thing. They go in order, right? Because you, you got to get that clarity first so you know what you're even aligned with. You have to stay detached. But some people are able to do that work, but then what happens is they get into the negotiation and they get thrown off, right? Somebody pulls a tactic on them. Somebody tells them their company's not worth half that. Uh, you know, so, somebody says something they find to be off-putting or insulting. Or they get 
or maybe none of that happens, but but they think they might lose the deal and they get and they get afraid or they get into a place of scarcity, right? right. Uh, uh, so something comes up from the, for them that throws them off their equilibrium. They lose their center, and inevitably, what happens when you do that is then you lose your detachment, right? Because because you get you gotten thrown off, and, and and often what happens is you get to, you know you get separated from your clarity. You can't even remember what you know if you're upset or you're thrown off. You don't even remember what you wanted, what you didn't want, when you were accepted. You know, what was acceptable. So, um, so that ability to not only come in with clarity and detachment, but then to stay calm, to be able to listen, not to get thrown off, not to take it personally, the Q-tip thing, right? right. Um, uh, that is the equilibrium portion of it, and that's the key third piece. So here's the thing that I, I – first of all, I love – first of all, you spoke to me. First of all, I know that any time that I am, I don't care what I'm doing. If I am, even if I'm negotiating at, at something, something silly, right? With my wife, okay? About where we're going to go for dinner, <laughs> let's say. I mean, the truth of the matter is I need to be clear and I need to detach myself from that outcome and I need to just stay calm. Why is it, why is it with our spouses in particular or significant others, do we get so emotional over something so stupid? I, I <laughs> I don't, I, I don't, yeah. I don't understand it, but we do, especially in negotiating something. I don't know. Maybe that doesn't happen to you because you're a professional at this, but this can happen to me, uh, quite honestly. But then I find that there are, and you talk about this in chapter three. There are six uh, reasons why we have a tendency to go south on our CDE. Right. I mean, there's with the reason why we go south and and I'm just going to read these and and let's just talk about maybe all of them or a few of them. Lack of preparation, ego, uh, fear, rigidity, getting emotional, losing objective and lack of integrity. And I want to talk about because I can really, really relate. This is how I can get off track on some of these. Right. Lack of preparation, I think you probably run across that more in a business context. Am I right than you do like when you're negotiating with your wife? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I got to tell you something. It's, um, I mean, yes, obviously, clearly there's a lot more probably external preparation in terms of the research, internal preparation in terms of, you know, I mean, getting clarity, for example, is is, is a preparation, right, technique, right, to make sure that you get clarity. Um, But even, listen, even in... Uh, a situation with my wife. Um, the truth is, if I am not ready, if, if something just comes up in the spur of the moment and I haven't had a chance to think about it, right? right. Take into account not only what I want, but also maybe what's the best way to approach this, not my, not the way I'm triggered to in, in the moment. Right. I'm probably going to be in worse shape if it comes up in the moment. And frankly, you know, despite being a professional negotiator and training people on this, <laughs> and I do think I do better, I'm still human, and I always right. say this to people. I'm still human, you know. Even in the business negotiation, occasionally I get thrown off, and certainly I th- listen. I think our intimate relationships are the ultimate mirror, you know, in our lives. Right. And I think, frankly, uh, there's a lot of ways where it's even more challenging in those situations to do it. And the biggest mistake that I've made is, um, as opposed to saying in the moment, "Hey, why don't we why don't we talk about this a little later and having some time to breathe and think about it and get grounded and, and say, hey, what's my best approach that's not going to trigger her or trigger me? Right. You get into it in the moment and, you, and that's when you run into trouble. And I've had, you know, I've made that mistake. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, who hasn't? Uh, if you're if you're in a relationship long enough, you're going to right, and and which may which may lead to the number two, and I think this is a big reason. I really really do, 
and I can sometimes fall trap into this, and I think a lot of people do, and I don't even think they really realize it, is that their ego gets in the way. Talk about that. Yeah. Yeah, and it, sh- it shows up in, in, in a number of ways. Well, I'll hit two of them. I mean, I mean one is, is related to your conversation about don't make it personal, right? You know, one definition of ego is, is, this, is this view of who we are, you know, of how we think of ourselves, right? right. And we don't want to lose, right? We want to win. Right. We don't want to lose. We don't want to feel uh, that we haven't accomplished something or whatever. And if we do, sometimes we get reactive. And then the other part of ego is sort of that strong, blustery, like, you know, who, who are you kind of thing. And none of that, none of that makes, you know, makes any sense in, in, in a negotiation, you know, whether it's that blustery thing or whether it comes up, I mean, here's another thing it's uh, with the ego self-identity, this comes up with a lot of people. And I, and, 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 uh, uh, I've had a number of discussions with, um, experts who deal with women and I deal with women a lot, uh, not owning your value is an ego thing. Like if you can't own your value, um, that, that's, uh, you know, something where your ego sees you as less than. Right. So we need to avoid all that stuff, right? You know, right. no matter what kind of negotiation you're going into, whether it's with a bigger play on the other side, uh, the one thing I always say is you wouldn't be at the table with them unless they were interested in something you have. Right. So don't overplay your, your cards, but don't undervalue yourself either. Right. Get to that quiet place and, 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 and you know, don't, don't let that emotion and ego come out. Yeah, but ego's hard. Pride gets in the way, and pride, pride is a tough one. Yeah. You know, I mean... In, you know, we, you know, we want to look good. You know, we want to be liked sometimes, yep. or you know, you, you talk about those things. You know, sometimes we want to get liked, and sometimes, you know, we, my my favorite because I grew up learning this one is I got to be right. And on page one hundred, yeah. on page one hundred, you you talk about the story of you know what you don't have to be right. <laughs> so, right. So, which is so. Yeah, true. I mean, one of the one. I'm sorry, interrupt you. One of the one of my favorite things I love to say is, "Would you rather be right, or would you rather be effective?" Right, right. Yeah, and that's true. Here's the big one, and I really want you to go off and pontificate on this one because I really think this is a powerful one. Because the word is fear, and there's so many levels of it. So I'm going to let you, I'm going to let you run on this one and I am not going to interrupt. I want you to run through and tell the people about how fear is such a huge reason why negotiations fail because there's a lot to it. Yeah, there is. So there's, there's, you know, there's fear of losing. We just talked about, talked about this need to win, right? You know, so, you know, you're afraid that you're going to lose. You're afraid that you're going to fail, right? People have, you know, have that all the time. And if you go into a negotiation afraid of losing, afraid of failing, you know, you're, you're, you're in a lot of trouble. Here's the thing. Let, let me say this. Uh, it's going to apply to everything I'm going to say about fear and actually some of the other stuff. Um, people, can, people can sense when you're afraid, right? They don't even have to be master negotiators. Like, you know, we've been in a situation where you can tell when somebody's, you know, not, not comfortable or afraid or whatever. And that's, that's always going to hurt you. So, Doing that body internal work in advance to get rid of that fear of failure, or it could be fear of success, right? Uh, how many times have we seen this? And this is in life, you know, as well, not only in negotiating, um, where uh, we don't really, and again, if, if we've done the work to get clarity, we've done all the stuff that I talk about, you're in much better shape not to do this. But we think we want a deal. Maybe we're acting out of ego. Maybe we, we maybe our, I see this in the entrepreneurial community a lot, right? Everybody's got to grow. You got to scale. That's, you know, that's the entrepreneurial, uh, you know, uh, you know, mantra. 
Um, and uh, so maybe you're acting out of some external thing, but deep down uh, you're afraid that if you scale, if you're successful in that growth, that it's going to adversely affect your lifestyle, that you're not going to spend enough time with your kids, that you're not going to be able to handle it, that the stress is going to be too big, whatever it is. Well, you're going to sabotage yourself, you know, on that fear of success. You know, obviously on the other side, if you think you're going to fail, um, you know, there's all kinds of research that shows that our outlook of things, right, the way, the way we look at it affects the outcome. Um, the other big one is fear of the unknown. Some people, and you got to know yourself, like this is a self-awareness conversation. I give an example in the book where there was a client who approached me. Um, they literally had a contract opportunity that would more than double their business, and their business was decent already. So this was a real, this was life-changing. This was life-changing. And all I heard from this client consistently was, you know, everything that they were afraid of. They did, well, you know, what happens if this happens? What if that happens? We're afraid that we're not going to be handled. And what I realized was, knowing this person, that their fear, their fear was of the unknown. It actually wasn't about what could go wrong. It was about the fact that there was so much they couldn't even think about what might go wrong. Um, so I gave him an exercise that said, I want you to go back and actually literally write down everything bad that could happen. Now, by the way, if I sensed the client had a fear of failure, I wouldn't have had him do that exercise. It would have been terrible, right? Right, right. right. It, it would have been the worst. You know, I don't. I would have actually sent him further down his fear of failure. But because this client, I was clear that it just, you know, and I knew him from before, and he knew was he was sort of a, a very analytical guy that needed to know all of you know all of the factors. So I gave him an exercise to write down everything that could that could go bad, and he thought I was crazy, frankly, and he, and he came back to me and he said that to me. He said, Corey. I thought you were crazy giving me this exercise, but I trust you. We've known each other for a long time. You've been with me for a long time. And I did it. And you know what? I have this, all this list of horrible things that could happen, how we might not be able to handle a business and how, you know, I don't have the right personnel in place and have to get them in place, all this stuff. He said, and I got a long list and you think that would scare me, but actually I'm ready to go now. Wow. Because you see, his fear was the, of the unknown. Right. We made it known. Right. Once it was known, he said, oh, you know what? If that happens, I can do this. If that happens, I can do this. If that happens, oh, I can do that. I can handle that. Well, if that one happens, it, you know, maybe we're really in trouble, but I, but I think the odds of that one happening are, slim, you know, are very right. slim. So we made it known to him. So you got to determine what is your fear? Is it of the unknown? Is it a failure? Uh, is it of looking bad or letting someone else down? Right. Right? I've seen the, I mean, classic, this is not the only situation, but I've seen situations, you know, next generation owner of a business. And so much of what's driving that person is, um, you know, fear or, or, or uh, being afraid of letting, you know, dad down. Right. Yeah. No, no, and no. And they yeah. get paralyzed by that. Well, well, fear is, fear is a killer. I don't, I don't care. I don't care what it is. I don't care what the fear is. It kills us as humans. Yeah. It, it, because yeah. once it shuts us down emotionally, it'll shut us down mentally and then it closes us off and it changes fear changes us physically so you can i mean you talk about tells in the book right which tells is the poker equivalent uh you know we is of you know being able to read your face and body language basically is what it is in the poker world so we call tells but you you know you've done this long enough and i've i've as a psychological professional and having to be in situations as a forensic person having to read the person across from me that I'm about to do some testing with is you learn to read that body language and you can see fear 
in a body language. Yeah. And yeah. and once you show fear in in negotiating, you're done. I I don't. I, I'm sorry. It's it is very easy for someone to pounce on you. This this is why. You know, people like, you know, when I, I'm going to say this to parents, I think this is going to, you tell me if I'm wrong on this, Corey, but I think sometimes parents get so afraid that their child is going to withdraw their love from them that they don't negotiate from a true place of um, legitimate authority, a, a legitimate, authentic, loving authority. They try to, um, they try to be a dictatorship. And what happens is when they negotiate with their children, they actually are afraid that if they do something, what happens is that, that their child will withdraw from them. And so they start to show the fear. The child senses it, doesn't even know they're sensing it. And what happens is the child takes advantage. No question. It's 100% on and that happens with children, that happens in business. People, if, if somebody, I've studied, I've studied this a lot, right? And there's now brain science on it. There's all kinds of science that's come out that's confirmed stuff that even 10 years ago we didn't know, right? And you talked about tone of voice. You talked about body language. You know, there are courses out there that try to help you hide that on a tactical level. Oh, don't look up. Don't do this. Don't do that, which is ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, the, the ones that try to teach you to read someone else's are useful, but the ones that, are, that try to teach you to hide stuff, you can't hide it. No. There, there's science that's called, there, there are microfacial expressions, right? Our faces have, I don't know, the, the number 40 someone muscles that combine it to hundreds right. of combinations. And we give off signals. And I happen to believe in energy. I think if you, if you study quantum physics, everything is energy. When we were kids growing up, Jay, we, we learned like that the table was matter. And then there was, a, right. now we know everything's energy in a different vibration, right? That's right. scientifically proven. That's not just Eastern conscious, you know, uh, spiritual philosophy. That's scientifically proven. So I, I believe we do give off energy. But even if you don't believe that, right, there's microfacial expressions, there's body language, there's all this stuff. We're constantly giving off signals. And every professional out there, not, I'm not even talking about in negotiation, but in psychology, all that kind of stuff, agree that, you know, the far majority of the information that is transferred between people is not verbal. Oh, man. So we, we know that. You, know, you we, can't control we have known that, Corey, we, listen, I, I went to grad school in psychology. My master's and my doctoral work was in psychology. And we, we have known this for decades, that the body will tell us far more than what your lips will tell us. I mean, that, that's just the, the idea that somehow that your lips are betraying you is so wrong. Your body language will tell you more than your, whatever your words will say. Because you can, you can look at me right in the eye and say whatever you want to say, but your body is going to give you away. Your blink or lack of blinking will give you away. The, way, the direction of your eyes, whether it's down to the right or down to the left or up to the right or up to the left or straight right or straight left or looking straight at me, tell me far more than, you know, I, I tell people all the time, you show me a pinky twitch, I can tell you all sorts of things depending on the conversation what a pinky twitch will tell you. Because it, it, it's, and, and then we have these things called, you know, there's a lot of studies now on mirror neurons, right? That, you know, maybe one of the explanations why when, when one person yawns, the next person next to you yawns, right? In that what happens yep. is we are, there's this thing that happens. Maybe it's a vibration thing that our neurons are actually doing some sort of, you know, vibration. That is the reason why we're mirroring and picking up signals that we don't even understand half the time. So it, there's a lot of research. That's absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so don't, so, so what I say to people, listen, 
don't please, please, please don't do. You don't have to do my negotiating work. There's other good work out there, but don't do the work that tries to tell you that you can control the signals you're putting out. As opposed to trying to mask the fear you have, right. work on getting rid of the fear. Work on the underlying issue. Don't don't take the pill for the symptom. Work on the underlying disease. <laughs> and, and, and we're going to come back and we're going to talk about that with Corey Kupfer. Uh, he's the author of this amazing. I'm telling you, this book is deep. This book's going to take you deep. Because so be ready. So if you're ready to actually look at yourself and and go deep, this book, Authentic Negotiating, is going to work on you. All right. It's 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 more than this is this is going to help you become a better negotiator. It's it's going to help you become a better person. It's going to make you more. Yes, we use the word authentic a lot, but I'm going to tell you it's going to make you a more authentic person because you're not going to play games with people and try to manipulate them. You're going to try to actually negotiate them once you figure out your clarity and once you understand how to detach and get your equilibrium. And Authentic Negotiating is brought to you today by Inline Business Brokers and Advisors. They have been our sponsors from the very, very, very beginning. They represent profitable, privately held companies with gross annual revenues in excess of a million dollars. They deliver the highest market value in the shortest amount of time with complete confidentiality. That is their registered trademark. And you can learn more by going to inline.com. Just check out Jeff Snell and his folks uh, in at Inline. It's E-N-L-I. GN.com. They're outstanding. They have been, since the very beginning we started the show, some 60 shows ago, they have been a sponsor, and we are so grateful to them. And also to Linda Craft of Team Realtors. Wherever you're at in the world, they can help you find the best expert to help you sell your home or buy a home. I don't care where that is. Uh, just just give them a call or call them on their, go to their website and or their Facebook page and look them up and ask them a question. They'll help you. This is the reason why they've been known as the legends of customer service because they have somebody who takes the phones home 24 hours a day. So it's it, they're always available to you. So give them a ring as well. And you can learn more by going to lindacraft.com, L-I-N-D-A-C-R-A-F-T.com. And we're back talking with Corey Kupfer, uh, outstanding book, Authentic Negotiating, Clarity, Detachment, and Equilibrium, The Three Keys to True Negotiating Success and How to Achieve Them. And, you know, we're in the middle of talking with Corey about the six uh, reasons negotiation fails. And we're, and we're, we've talked about also prior to this, just kind of as a recap, in case you just joined us. Uh, on Oak 93.5 or wherever you're at. Uh, we've talked about clarity and detachment and equilibrium, what that means and how to get there. But we're talking about in these six reasons why negotiation fail. And one of the things we've talked about is ego. And we, we're certainly hitting on fear, um, certainly. But Corey has just made a comment that you can't, you can't mask these things because you've got to do something else. And Corey really hits on this really clearly. So, Corey, let's talk about we know that we can't mask them. So what do we got to do to overcome when we've got fear or our ego? What do we do? So the, the first thing I say to people, and, and, and I, I give a, a specific uh, tool in the book that I, that I call CPR, which we talk about uh, you know, separately, I'm sure, uh, that it will help with that. But the first thing I say to people is, listen, what do you do in life to get yourself centered? Right? Let's start there. Right. For some people, it's they meditate or pray. For some people, they go out for a run. For some people, they take a walk in nature. Right. Some people are the kind of people where they call their best friend or mentor and bounce stuff off them. You know, some people are analytical. Uh, you know, this is sort of more the example I gave of the guy who's uh, afraid of the unknown, you know, where they have to really sort of create their spreadsheet and lists and analyze it all out. You know, you know whatever, like, hopefully you know yourself well enough 
forget, I'm not even talking about indigo, just in life. What is it that you do when you need to get reconnected, recentered, right? Let's start there. That's the first thing you should do. And you should do that, you know, frankly, if you're going to go into a tough negotiation and the thing that clears your head is going out for a run, make the space to go out for a run if you can before, you know, right. you, uh, you know, a little before you go to a negotiation or give yourself, you know, the space to sit down and meditate for a half hour or, you know, whatever it is for you. So that's the first thing I'll say, because you know yourself the best and you know what, what gets you in that place of common center. And then if you do that and then add this, uh, this CPR framework that I give you, uh, I think you're going to be in great shape. Yeah, I, I want to get to CPR and, and we will here. We'll go through it here a little bit. But here's here's where I thought the book was so genius and spoke to me so well. So I'm, I'm going to be personal here a little bit and uh, because I'm vulnerable. Because what you really said is it's got to come from the core, basically the core center of who you are. You, none of this, none of this is going to happen until you change it. You're very the heart of who you are. You, yeah. you can you can learn all the scripts you can in the world. You can learn all the pieces that you are in the world uh, and get scripted and and have all the right words. But the fact of the matter is, if you don't honestly believe them inside of who you are, none of this is going to make a bit of a difference. Because then you're just going to mask it. Did I get that right as a summary? It, it, that's 100% on the mark, which is why, frankly, I, I mean, I'll be straight. There, there are a lot of people out there who are much more ready to go to a seminar on some tactic or counter-tactic uh, than, to, than to do this work, because this is not, uh, you know, even though I have the top six reasons negotiations fail and I have right. these three things, you know, uh, clarity, detachment, and equilibrium, it is not a three-step or six-step book, and boom, you're, you know, you're ready to go. But if you want to become, if you're really committed committed to getting mastery in this, uh, which, and listen, mastery in negotiations, I mean, the benefits of that in your business and your life are amazing. I mean, the people who master negotiation have levels of success, not only in business, but in other parts of their life that are way beyond everybody else because it's such a crucial tool. So if you're willing to do the work, you know, do the inner body of work that I talk about, the benefits are amazing. It just takes a little bit more than learning six steps or six tips or, you know, right. so, uh, yeah, you gotta be willing to do that. Yeah. And I, I'm going to tell you, I'm, I'm going to bring up one particular topic that you touched on that hit me really, really between the eyes. Uh, by the way, the whole book did. Okay. Cause I'm a little bruised. Going to be honest with you from the book <laughs> because you really, you really knocked me around, but it was good for me. Um, and it was, you talk about people's relationship with money and mm. in the book. And I don't think people understand that sometimes we have a bad relationship with money, whether it's because we didn't grow up with it, whether it's because our parents didn't train us very well, whatever the case may be, sometimes we don't have a very good relationship with money. And because of that, we don't know our own value and we don't know our own worth. And by the way, I'm going to be totally, totally transparent and say I've struggled with this. Okay. Throughout my career. I, I, I really have. And, and do you want to talk about that a little bit? that relationship and how that relates? Yeah, it, it, it's such a crucial piece. And, and this applies obviously outside negotiating as well, you know, and I've done a lot, listen, I'll, I'll be transparent as well. You know, I grew up in a lower middle-class family. We, we always had food on the table. You know, we weren't poor, but we didn't go out to dinner. We didn't go on vacations. We didn't, you know, it was paycheck to paycheck. Right. Um, and so, yeah, so I had that relationship like money scarce, right? You have to really watch it carefully. Uh, you know, I, I had, uh, earlier in my career, a lot of that, you know, who are you to, there are some little middle-class kids in Brooklyn, you know, who are you to 
charge this or want this. So, you know, I've been through it myself. And, 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 and by the way, I want to say up front, people who think it only comes from that end don't know. There are people who, who grew up with, you know, with millions and billions right. and they have their own issues, right? Right. Uh, you know, they're, they're constantly in fear of people taking the money or cheating them right. or, you know, not showing it or showing it too much. You know, there's everybody's dynamic around money uh, is, you know, is, is a lot of people have unhealthy dynamics around money. So, you know, resolving that. So, uh, you know, uh, I'll give you an example. What I always say is this, and this is great. Uh, the best way to illustrate it is a great story I love from Jack Canfield that I, that I relay in the book uh, that I heard on one of his, uh, one of his talks. And he talked about when he was a, he was a young teacher and he was doing some speaking on the side. This is way before Chicken Soup for the Soul and all, you know, right, the, right. the best selling book series in history. <laughs> um, and, uh, and, and he was charging, I think this was in the 70s, he was charging like $400 to give a talk. And um, he spoke to one of his colleagues and who, uh, you know, gave sort of similar talks. And his colleague, uh, they were talking about whatever, and his colleague mentioned something about $1,200 for a fee you got. And Jack's thinking, $1,200? How does this guy get $1,200? I'm, I'm at least as good, probably better than him. And I'm only charging $400, right? <laughs> so, so he says, wow, I guess maybe I should be charging more. But the thing is this. And this relates to business, right? One of the things we do when we look at how to charge is we look at what our competition, what other people in the industry are charging, right? And we say, oh, right. okay, I, my product or service is good as that. I should charge that. Right. Here's the thing. If you can't own that, if you can't really own your value in that, you're not going to get it. Because of the same thing that Jay and I were talking about earlier, about fear and all these things, you give off these signals, right? right? And if you, don't, if you don't believe that you deserve it, Odds are your customer or, or client is not is right. not going to believe you deserve it either. Right. So so what Jack did was Jack said, "All right." So he the next person came along and and, and they said, "You know what do you charge?" And he couldn't bring himself to say twelve hundred, but he said eight hundred. And the guy said, "No problem." <laughs> Jack said, "Let me ask you a question. Just out of curiosity, what would have been a problem?" <laughs> and, uh, and and the guy said, "Well, we had fifteen hundred dollars in the speaker budget." <laughs> right. Right. So Jack honored the eight hundred, honored the eight hundred dollars because that's what he quoted. Right. But the next time, somebody asked him, you know, what he charged, he said fifteen hundred dollars. They said we got twelve hundred. They said I'll take it. So <laughs> the point is this: um, there's a body of work to do. What I always say to people is this: you know, whether it's hourly rate, whether it's you know uh, project fee, whether it's whatever, you, however you charge, um, you need to consistently do the inner work to be able to own your value. Right. Right. I listen. I am not cheap for what I charge. What I know is I give value at or beyond what I charge. Right. And that's what has me be able to stand in the number because I know I'm going to give that client value at or beyond the number that I'm charging them. And what I do is when I look at raising rates or setting rates, yes, I, I do that external research, take a look at what you know other people are doing, but then I get quiet. Then I sit down and I say, okay, what is the number that I can own that feels right to me? That when I say it to a client, I'm going to be 100% confident that we can provide value, that, that I can own that. And what I say to people is, listen, if, if, if the market is at 500 an hour, just to use an easy number, and you think you deserve that, but you know, uh, intellectually, but on a, on a physical, on a spiritual level, on an emotional level, you can't own that, and you can only own $300 an hour, you're better off asking $300 an hour right. uh, because you'll get it than $500 an hour because you won't, and then do the internal work to move up your ability to own from three to three fifty to four hundred, right. etc. Right. No, you're right. It, it, you, I know. This is the point. I, I, what I got from your book too was, yeah, it'd be great to charge X, but the truth is, I'm comfortable charging Y, and I can, I need to move up 
So I got to get, I got to learn to do that slowly. And that was one thing you talk about Jack Canfield was he had to do that kind of slowly over the course of time. And, uh, and, and I think that was a really great lesson. We're talking with Corey Kupfer, author of the book, Authentic Negotiating, and we're running out of time here. And um, so Corey, I want to get to CPR and I know we're going to do this really briefly. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to tease people with CPR. I'm going to let you tease them with it because they're going to have to go and purchase the book is what they're going to have to do to get the in-depth. But let's tease them a little bit with what CPR briefly is and what that means. Sure. So CPR stands for context, purpose, and results. And there's a process that I tell people in detail how to go. There's actually two chapters on it in the book. One gives an example of a, of a real deal situation in the CPR that, uh, that, that I advise people on. And then the next is basically how to do it yourself. And taking them in reverse order, the R is results. And, and, and that's the piece almost everybody does if they do any kind of preparation, whether the results you want to get out of the negotiation or out of that particular negotiating session. Um, and then this, but, but then we get to the part that fewer people do. The next one is the P is purpose, which is what is, what is the underlying purpose? What, the, what do you want to get out of that? What's the reason for being in that negotiation? And in the example I give in the book, super quickly, they were in a miserable situation in a business situation where they, they hated the people, et cetera. And, um, and, uh, you know, they wanted out. Well, you know, they had to get clear that their purpose was to get their freedom back. Like that was at the core of what they wanted. They want to get their freedom back. And when you keep you know that in mind, then you're much better off. And then the C is context, which is who do you need to be to achieve that purpose? So in that example, if they're, if they're default context, because you always have a context. It's sort of like culture in a company. They say it's by design of default. You always have a context. And if your context is, I hate these people, they're jerks, they're idiots, we need to get away from them, what are the odds of you getting a negotiated deal done? So it, you have to shift your context to something that's much more empowering that allows you to achieve the purpose, which will allow you to achieve the results. I know we don't have a lot of time to go in. This is a very deep process. It gets you prepared to be graded in negotiation. You actually write it out. You memorize your context and your purpose. You keep a copy of it with you. If you start to get thrown off in the negotiation, you step out of the negotiation and you reconnect to your CPR. Um, and uh, like I said, there's two chapters in the book that go into this in detail. It's one of the most powerful tools I know. And by the way, footnote, this is something that I use in my life, not just for negotiations. I do CPRs for my relationship. I do CPRs for my business. Mm-hmm. I do CPRs for my life. It's the most powerful tool I know. Awesome. We're with author, attorney, strategist, uh, entrepreneur, uh, authentic negotiator, <laughs> authentic deal maker. Uh, the guy is fantastic. He, you've heard him. The book is available at bookstores. It's available at Amazon. It is by Corey Kupfer is his name, and the book is titled Authentic Negotiating. Uh, Corey, I can't believe that an hour has gone this fast. Um, I, I feel like we just got on the phone, and it just zoomed by. I I I hope that you and I... Uh, by the way, I wanted to say this before I do this, because I, I neglected to do this. Corey has a podcast. Do you mind if I pump your podcast a little bit and tell people about Fueling, no, please, the, no. the Fueling Deals podcast? <laughs> if you go to Corey Kupfer... Dot com that's c o r e y k u p f e r dot com you can find uh, all about Corey and also his podcast it's called Fueling Deals Podcast uh, Corey tell a little bit of what Fueling Deals Podcast is about so it, it, it's directed towards entrepreneurs business owners and executives who are looking to grow their company and every company focuses on organic growth right how do we get more sales how do we get more marketing how do we provide great products and services 
only a small percentage of company grow, go, companies grow through deals, and that's what it's about. And, it, and it's really uh, blowing up the myth that you need to be a major company with major capital to do deals because there are all kinds of deals, affiliate relationships, joint ventures, uh, you know, uh, strategic alliances, licensing deals. I mean, you name it. So we have deal makers, of, uh, whether they're entrepreneurs or they're professionals, uh, who are in the space that give you their experience in growing their business through deals. And it's a great way to do it. And, um, you know, check it out. We do uh, uh, one every week. We have guests. And then I do a solo cast once a month. Awesome. So, Corey, what I ask every one of my guests to do, and I think you've been on the show, like I think your friend, my, you're my friend, Ralph Peterson, uh, who's sure. been on the show a couple times. I always ask my guests before they leave, I say, if, you know, if you could leave people with, you know, the show's called A New Direction because we try to help people find a new direction in their life or their career or their business or relationships. If you could leave people a new direction based on authentic negotiating, what would Corey Kupfer say? I would say be willing to do in negotiating and in life the internal body of work uh, that it takes to, to grow and to have self-awareness and to understand yourself and uh, focus a lot less on those external tactical level things. And that, again, applies not only in negotiating, but in life. Awesome. His name is Corey Kupfer. The book is entitled Authentic Negotiating. It's available at Amazon bookstores near you. you go to CoreyCupfer.com. That's C-O-R-E-Y-K-U-P-F-E-R.com. You can find him. Look for him on his Facebook page. Look for him on Instagram. Look for him on Twitter. Look for him on LinkedIn. I started following him initially. I didn't even know we were going to become friends. And by chance, he had a book. And the next thing I know, we've become friends. And I want to stay friends with him forever because he's really spoken into my life because this book is more than a tactical book. This is a book that will change your life. It is called Authentic Negotiating. Corey, thank you again uh, for your time and um, so much. I appreciate you. I'm really grateful. And folks, I'm grateful for you sticking around and, and listening to the show. And to all the folks in 93.5, thank you for listening to the show on Thursday or Sunday. We appreciate you very much. And all the people around the world, thank you, Brazil, for joining uh, part of the 20 to 30, 25 to 30 different countries now that we are being downloaded across the world. And we are so grateful for you wherever you're at. And you know what I say every week, you know what, be inspired because when you're inspired, that means that you will inspire someone else. And in turn, they will inspire others as well. And if we all do that, that can make this world an amazing place. I will see you next week with another amazing guest. You know what I say? Ciao, everybody. And the answers don't make sense You've got to keep your hope alive You've got to know you can survive This is your time to fly A new direction, a brand new day A new direction, things are gonna change Dreams will take you places you have never been before Find your passion, find your strength